Hello, and welcome to the Craft Brewed Music Podcast, the official podcast of Craft Brewed Music, the music discovery app that streams better music for serious listeners. Here we explore and get to know the creators of that music. I'm Brian Horner, founder and curator of Craft Brewed Music, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Aaron Stamen, a Craft Brewed Music artist. the lead singer of Denver-based band King Cardinal, uh, which Marquee Magazine called Excellently Crafted Americana, and I'd have to agree. Uh, thanks for being here, Brennan. Thank you for having me. So um, I know you've been doing, uh, you're on like episode 59 or something of your weekly pandemic-era live stream. Is that right? That's right. And it's uh, it's expanded. I do it three times a week now. So I do the Tuesdays. Um, oh, okay. The Tuesdays was the one I would, was doing for the entire year and then decided to switch over to Twitch uh, and do it more consistent. Twitch has a better, uh, it seems a better oh. discovery platform for live streaming. Um, so I, I think it'll eventually switch completely over. A lot of the people who have been coming on Facebook have started to migrate over to Twitch, which is nice. Now you go, you'll, if you watch us on Facebook, there's only one person watching us. I swear there's more. They're just on another service. So uh, we need to offer something for that person to come forward, right? Yeah, yeah. You should get the full demographics on that individual. <laughs> right, exactly. Who your target audience is. I wish that it was me. I've I've checked in on that on that show and I've seen bits and pieces here and there. Um, but that the the regu- your regular viewer, unfortunately, I'm sorry to say, is not me. But I'm sure they're a great guy. <laughs> I would uh, <laughs> I would not expect somebody. To, I'm surprised the people that come every week and and listen. It's it's pretty it's pretty awesome to see the support of some people that come yeah. every week and see me play the same old songs. <laughs> I try to I try to mix it you up. You change but, it up. You have yeah. some. You mix in some different stuff to write some covers and some of your stuff and some chatting and exactly yeah I try to I try to learn a couple a couple songs a month to add to the repertoire so it's growing it's it's pushing a hundred now that's great so do you do you, uh, through this format do you think you've you've gained some new listeners who who weren't fans of uh, King Cardinal already uh, yes I think I have gained 
some new fans. I think mainly what I've done is solidify and increase the the people who were already aware of us. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there are some people who are like, hey, I saw this video, you know, two years ago. And then I saw you were streaming. And then that, those people all of a sudden are there every week. Um, so I think I think moving over to Twitch has helped um, kind of expand a little bit. But yeah, I think it's been more of a way for me to to uh, interact and grow the relationship with our fan base more than make it stronger than just kind of being that that person that posts fit, that puts pictures up on Instagram every you right. know, couple of days. <laughs> you know, it's like a face. Yeah. You see my face, but you never you don't you don't know who I am. So it's cool to be able to interact, and then I get to interact with them too. So I get to know yeah know who they are. So what uh, with with the some semblance of returning to normalcy on the horizon, and you know playing playing in venues and uh, having more traditional interactions with your fans. What role do you see for that, that online uh, live stream format in the future? Um, I don't think it'll ever replace playing live music in front of people. Um, but I think it's, it definitely can su- supplement it. It'd be mm-hmm. kind of an ancillary thing. I'm, I plan on consistently doing it three weeks from here on out or three days a week from here on out um, just as a way to continue growing our you know each i feel like everything's kind of segment segmented where i can grow i can grow our fan base and get our music out on twitch and we can also do some tours and play live music and those people who are going to come out and see us live maybe aren't going to are most likely not going to cross over with the people on twitch you know there are people that are coming in from peru and the uk and the chances of me going on tour there is at this point is pretty slim. You know, the chances of me going on tour in the United States for the next year is pretty, is pretty slim at this point. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a good way to to utilize that. But yeah, that, it just seems like it's an extra, it's just an extra Avenue for, for me to get some music out there and, and, uh, and grow the fan base with playing live music. There's different things you can offer probably too, you know, get creative and offer different sorts of products to that audience. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, just going around and watching how other artists are are utilizing the platform and uh, and seeing how they're, you know, they're, they're also playing games with their audience and doing giveaways and, and you know, doing a lot. Like they'll, if somebody wants to hear a song that they don't know, they'll just learn it live for them on the on the live stream. So, you know, it's cool. And then maybe later on I can incorporate more members of the band and grow it into, uh, you know, a bigger thing, maybe more of like a variety show. <laughs> We've seen a lot of that this past year, you know, um, another craft brewed music artist, Jeff Coffin, who plays saxophone for Dave Matthews band talks about finding creative ways to be creative. And I think this past year we've seen a lot of that, you know, um, while, while you, people couldn't go out and tour, that didn't really dampen the uh, creative spirit, and so we're seeing all sorts of things. Absolutely, it probably did dampen a little bit, but <laughs> I think for a little while there, then people were like, "All right, we got to figure this out." <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and the space, the streaming space, got real, or the online, you know, live streaming space got really crowded. Oh yeah, and it was interesting to see you settle on a Tuesday. Well, know? the crazy thing is, is I was <laughs> before the pandemic hit, I was planning on doing it, and I was 
gathering up all of my equipment. I was like, all right, I got to get my camera. I got to get my interface all set up. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to do it next Tuesday. It's going to be the first one. And then that week, the pandemic hit. Shows were canceled. Everybody was like, we're doing live streams. I was like, no. I was. <laughs> I swear I was going to do it before. I'm not jumping on the bandwagon. I'm not jumping on the bandwagon. That's funny. I'm trying to think if that means that you caused the pandemic. It could mean. It could yeah. Mean that. yeah. I think it does. You sort of invited it, you know, into. Right. Into our right. world. But it definitely, it definitely got crowded for like two or three months and people, people really struggled to be consistent with it, I think. Right. So Brian mentioned, uh, you know, people using the, this, this, uh, unusual, uh, time in our, our history as a, a way to find new ways to be creative, new ways to reach audiences. Um, songwriting is something that uh, seemingly would, would flourish in a time like this, where you have all this time to yourself to be, uh, creative and alone. Uh, but I find that it's, you know, without the experience of being out there meeting new people and having new experiences and being a bit more contracted in life, uh, it's, uh, it's a little harder to write. How have you found that portion of your creative life, the songwriting aspect? Um, it's kind of ebbed and flowed. I think from talking to other people, I think people have had a similar problem with being super productive for bursts and then not being able to get off the couch for an extended period of time. Um, and I've, I've had like right now I'm in a, in a pretty productive mode, but I've been, I think I wrote a, a good amount of stuff during the pandemic. I wasn't as productive as I would have liked to have been. Um, and I've noticed that, that this kind of happens, you know, if you're, if you're busy and the ball is moving, it's easier to go from one thing to the next. Mm -hmm. Once you slow down, sure. it's harder to, it's harder to get up and get moving. So I wouldn't say that, that it really hindered um, the creative process. Um, I definitely, I definitely had to find different ways of being creative mm -hmm. um, using, you know, just trying to break out of uh, old patterns, you know, sitting in your room with an acoustic guitar, right? trying to write, trying to write a song can get pretty, pretty old and you kind of fall into the same ruts. Yeah. So definitely had to, had to kind of fight to stay creative. It, it didn't come super easy. One of my problems is, uh, I find that I find bursts of creativity, uh, after collaborating with somebody, someone who's got a different approach, a different idea, and just like playing with somebody for a few hours can really spark my, uh, um, my motivation to make something new, uh, has the absence of, uh, collaborating and playing with others been a factor? Yeah. You know, it has been a factor in the, like we're, we're recording right now and all of the songs that we're recording have been, you know, put together on my computer by myself. So they're super weird. They're not, they're not, uh, <laughs> they're not Americana sounding. Um, cause I didn't have a band to bounce ideas off of. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of me, you know, goofing around with things until I was like, Oh, I guess this sounds cool. Um, normally I'd, yeah, I'd be collaborating with people. I'd bring songs to the band. We'd bounce ideas off of each other. Um, and that has, has kind of disappeared. So it's, uh, it's been an interesting transition creatively. 
Um, and so now, right now I'm focusing on trying to get back out and contact other songwriters in town. Be like, Hey, let's just get together and, and mess around. We don't even need to write a song. Let's just like, you know, throw up a synthesizer and a, and a drum machine and start messing around. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do all the writing? Do I do all the writing in King Cardinal? Yes. Um, there was, yeah, we, um, the, the most recent songs we're putting out, um, we're putting out a string of singles and they were all kind of written ish together with the band. Um, we started, we started recording them like two years ago. Those were probably the most collaborative. Um, but they were still kind of ideas that came out of stuff that I had already been working on, but they just helped, helped kind of yeah. bring it over the edge. Flesh it out. We've been curious listening through the um, King Cardinal material. There's a lot of different things in there. The, the first EP, King Cardinal, uh, kind of has a, a dark sound to it. And then I like, we like to forget about ear. that one. Really? <laughs> that's good i I think i think it's a very interesting starting point i i i like to include it in the mix oh well thank you it was definitely i'm i'm a a fairly new songwriter and that was like a a year or two into writing so it feels it feels uh well it's it's got a real distinct feel through it and then in, in the you know by once a giant it sort of seems to take a turn toward the old time um thing and then um in the first you know your first full album great lakes there's there's a lot of different things happening you've got kind of this rock infused alt americana thing got a heart like a metronome with a pulse you can feel got a heart like a metronome syncopated and real and it Steady, 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 once a giant and, and i say that it jumped out on me out of me like i'm somehow really perceptive it's 28 minutes long um, so <laughs> so tell tell us about what's up with um standing down that one's a funny one because a lot of people when we put that record out people would be like hey i really like this record and then like a month later they'd be like wow i really like that last song it's like yeah it took them that long. <laughs> it took them a whole month <laughs> to get through the last song because it takes you know it takes yeah. like eight minutes for the song to actual actually start. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That was that was an inter- we recorded it in the house that I live in right now. I wasn't living here at the time, but uh, that was a brand new song that I'd brought to the band. We didn't really know what to do with it. We didn't know how to start it, um, and it was the last song that we worked on. And I think we just pressed record and started messing around just started like making weird sounds we turned off all the lights and we lit those old uh there were a bunch of those old you know like rosemary candle or the candles with like jesus on it that are really tall oh yeah 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 those around the living room um turned off the lights and then 
just started making weird sounds. And then when it felt like we should start the song, we started it. And those sounds were outside the palette of the rest of the album. They're like very much you know, so, electronica, yeah. and you know, it's a, it's a really, um, you know, I, I was I'd, I'd already taken note of the evolution from Once a Giant to Great Lakes, but when I listened to that song, I was like, wait a minute, there's something. This is like, this makes the next, the first song on great lakes really makes sense it's sort of a bridge and i wondered if there was you know any intention behind that as a transition or as a as a signal of the evolution underway you know i wouldn't say that that was necessarily intentional um but it definitely it definitely makes sense seeing as it was the the last song that we worked on and the last song that was written on once a giant once a giant is probably more of a still a factor of me writing songs by myself. It's like I would say once a giant feels more of like a solo album with a with a band behind it. And then okay. Great Lakes is a band. So mm-hmm. that was maybe the song the first song that that had a lot more influence by who I was playing with. Okay, that, that makes sense. And not to keep beating the the standing down horse but it appears again on great lakes this time uh having been shrunk down to a a a very brief seven and a half minutes (laughs) yeah still Um, a long song (laughs) was that wanting to make a clearer statement with the song um the reason that we put it back on there because is because i don't think that it got it didn't get a shot for people to hear it really if people weren't adventurous they weren't going to listen to it so I wanted to, we wanted to kind of cut it down yeah. and yeah. just give it a, give it a chance. Same thing with the, 
with the song Chicago. Yeah. That was a, a song that was recorded with my old band. And I, I, I feel like it just needed another shot to be heard. Um, and if people like the song on Great Lakes, maybe they'll go back and they'll listen to the full one and be like, whoa. This is this one's right. wild. It's it's still trippy on uh, on Great Lakes. It's still kind of a departure from the rest of the uh, the album in a, in a cool way, uh, but it but it fits you know the overall uh, environment of that uh, of that album. But what I dig because I I was reminiscing this morning about uh, when I thought I was a, a Rush fan in uh, in high school because <laughs> I joined a band that played like Limelight and Time Sawyer. I was like, oh man, like I I feel really cool because I'm a Rush fan. I ran into this this older guy who's like, oh man, what do you think about Xanadu? And I was like, what's what's Xanadu? Which for listeners who don't know is like a twelve minute track off uh, Farewell to Kings that is equally experimental and has lots of weird noises and uh, instrumental fantasies going on. I was like, oh, and I, I, there's a realization that there are you know passive listeners, then there are other truly committed listeners for any band. And I was wondering if uh, you know uh, the uh, that version of standing down on once a giant is kind of the separate the wheat from the chaff king cardinal listener <laughs> i would say so yes if you yeah, if you if you make a comment to me about the 29 minute song then i know that you're into it i mean to be fair the last 10 minutes is just the same chord so right, <laughs> right. Yeah, once that happens once that happens you can just kind of turn it off but <laughs> We're going to take a quick intermission for a word from our sponsor, which is us. Craft Brewed Music is a curated streaming service that streams better music for serious listeners. Sometimes we hear that people want to hear more of the songs we play on the podcast. There are a couple of ways to hear more Craft Brewed Music. You can download the app from the App Store or Google Play and get a free trial. Or you can become a patron of the podcast on Patreon, linked in the description of each episode, and get exclusive bonus episodes containing extra music and a sampling of our other artists. We'll help you discover music off the beaten path so that you become the person your friends turn to for recommendations, and we split our income with the artists. Craft Brewed Music, better music for serious listeners. To hear samples and find out more about us, visit craftbrewedmusic.com. So is it common, is it pretty much every interview that you're, uh, that King Cardinal is compared to Rush? <laughs> every, every interview. Yeah. Every single interview. Yeah. Like, you really sound like Getty Lee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Your voice could not be more the opposite of Getty Lee. It is, it is, it is deliciously, uh, you know, kind of it's a little behind, behind the beat. It's like a very laconic timbre. It's, it's it, the delivery on all three albums, actually, because that's the thing that's that's uh, ear catching from uh, the first EP uh, through uh, Great Lakes is the uh, the vocal delivery is uh, is spot on. Well, thank you. What are some of your influences? What do you listen to, if not if not Rush? So, my biggest influences, if we're going, Bon Iver is my number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Then, if we're going like over. The grand scheme of things, the band, if you couldn't tell from listening to our music, I think the band probably has the most for for my when I started writing songs, I was in like a deep, deep band obsession. Well, it's like all I listen to. So I think that's why when people are like, why do you sound why do you have twang to your voice when you're from New York? Yeah. And I think it's because I was just trying to sound like like Levon Helm when I started singing. Mm-hmm. Huh. So okay. it just kind of stuck. Um so those are the two, those are the two biggest, um, 
you know, if we want to go back farther, I was an emo kid in high school. So I was obsessed with okay. Weezer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that confirms that there's a lot of very different things in the mix. Yeah. So, so you mentioned you were late to the songwriting game. Uh, tell, tell me about that. Were you just playing in bands, doing covers and singing and like only got around to that later? What, what's the story with the songwriting bug? I mean, I had always tried to write songs. I just never, I just could never finish anything. Um, and I didn't really play. I played in, in emo bands in high school. Mm-hmm. So I was, uh, I was just a guitar player. Um, and I think maybe my big problem was because I listened to emo music and everybody's voice was pretty high. I thought I was a terrible singer cause I couldn't sing, couldn't hit those notes. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I suck at singing until I got a little older and realized like, Oh, I just like, I have a lower voice <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. So I, so I went, I didn't play, I went to Indiana, uh, I went to school in Indiana and I didn't play there. And it wasn't until I moved to Chicago that I kind of found um, a group of people that really were encouraging um, in my songwriting and just musicianship in general. Uh, there was like a specific open mic that I went to and the guy who ran it just like was, you know, the biggest, I don't know, what would you say? Coach, not coach, but uh, yeah. just champion, yeah. biggest champion of, a supportive of people who are playing. Yeah, and then I joined a band and... I joined a band that the songwriter had left, so they need that that hole needed to be filled. So I, I was kind of forced to start writing. Um, so it happened pretty quickly, and once I wrote my first song, I was like, "Oh, I can do this!" And then I just worked really hard to try and make up for lost time. <laughs> so yeah, so it, it kind of it came late, like just playing out. I didn't start playing out until I was like twenty two or twenty three. Um, didn't start writing until mm-hmm. around then. So if you think about it, most people start writing when they're 13. I'm still right. <laughs> I'm still a 20 year old songwriter. How did you get to Denver? Oh man, I get I get asked this question a lot. It's not it's not a great answer. Um, I was working, I was working in in I was living in Chicago with all my my college friends, um, and I think we started kind of just going in different directions. Um, I think really what happened was I started bartending. So when I was working, they were going out when they were working. That's when I could hang out. So I just didn't have anybody to hang out with. So I kind of was like, oh, I have nothing going on here. Um, and I just kind of threw, it was, it was such a random decision. I think I had one friend that lived in Denver uh, and I came out here and he immediately moved back to Chicago. So I was out here by myself. <laughs> <laughs> so it was pretty, it was a, it was a shot in the dark coming out here. I think it was a great choice. Denver's got a nice growing music scene. I mean, right now there's yeah. no music scenes anywhere, but uh, right. it has a nice tight little community. Great, great bands coming out of here. Um, yeah, I feel like you guys kind of sound like, I feel like you guys kind of sound like a, you know, a Colorado band, you know? Yeah, there's definitely a, there's definitely a, a sort of sound. Bluegrass is huge out here. It's, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, massive um so there's there's no way around that not kind of like seeping into what is considered the colorado sound right yeah did you play banjo before getting out there did i play uh no you know it's funny because i i I don't really play the banjo that much anymore um i played banjo a lot when i was in chicago 
I used to go to the Old Town School of Folk Music and take lessons. I took like accordion uh-huh. lessons and banjo lessons and all sorts uh-huh. of stuff. I got pretty good for a minute there, and then I just stopped playing. So now the the only songs I know how to play on the banjo are the songs I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, and it's one of those instruments where, like, uh, like the accordion, like having like a passing knowledge of the banjo is not is not good enough. Uh, no, yeah, it, you need to shred. Yeah. Like it's like because like the accordion, it's loud and it sticks out in an ensemble. So if you don't know what you're doing exactly, like it's it's hard to hide it. Absolutely, absolutely. There are a lot of. I mean, I used to throw throw the jokes back to our drummer, and he would have he'd have just a list of banjo jokes that he would tell. Like if I needed to like tune up or or something was going wrong, I'd be like, Scott's going to tell you guys some jokes. Well deserved. So, so you're in Denver, in Denver proper now. Yes. So, what's I, I'm curious because of the track off the Great Lakes album. What's the story with Boulder, and why is it so impossible to escape its orbit? <laughs> um, I just had a, a rough. Well, all right. So, I had a rough night there, um, where I didn't have a ride home, and I had to go find a bus to get back to Denver after a party. So, mm-hmm. I did actually have. And I left the party and I did leave with the only alcohol I could find, which was gin and <laughs> orange soda. So that is a true story. But you know, I think what happened, the line get, get me out of, uh, uh, the, the, the intro line came from being just like a year later being in traffic in Boulder. Uh-huh. And I was like, I was like, I can never get out of here. Remember I'm in Boulder, I can't get out of this damn city. Um, which isn't true. It's not like a, it's not like like it's a ton of traffic. It was just that day. I was just in a bad mood. And I just was like, God, get me out of here. I'm going to be home right now. <laughs> I'm trying to get the hell out of Boulder. But you keep dragging me back in. Trying to get back to the city. And the safety of all my friends. But with one I shut. You confiscate my keys. Well, all your friends want to know What the hell I'm doing here I'd ask myself the same thing But I don't want to hear it Well, I could stave off the world Or make my own way home Coming down easy. No, I ain't coming down 
So yeah, it's just about a bad night, and uh, you know I don't go to Boulder. I don't have anything against Boulder. <laughs> Boulder's a very fine city. Right. For, for our Boulder <laughs> listener, uh, we we still love you. Yeah, like Ben <laughs> Ben Walgoski, our pedal steel player, went to school there. He's got his family's moving there. It's a good it's a good city with good people. <laughs> yeah, talking about that track makes me uh, uh, think about the the production and that band sound on on Great Lakes, and one of the great. Uh, production decisions on that album was putting those horns in uh, in boulder i think it was a oh yeah it was a really cool thing when that creeps in uh as the song evolves yeah i was super psyched about getting that on there those guys crushed it larry Foles, uh he's played on a stevie wonder track i think uh wow it's a sax player he's, he's played on a couple of our stuff he also did i don't think if he did a christmas song he did uh that song long goodbye the single we put out last year mm just a just a killer sax player so what um you know what's you're working on a new album you mentioned what's uh, what should we expect from that this one's gonna be weird um it's gonna be like standing maybe, down weird probably <laughs> uh a little maybe every a little song weirder. is 28 not, minutes <laughs> yeah well so so like i said earlier so so we're finishing up um these singles that we recorded a couple years ago we're just kind of putting the finishing touches up on them and then going to release them like every couple months and maybe at the end throw a couple covers in and make it like kind of like a mixtape. So that might be the next mm-hmm. album. Um, and there's some weird stuff on there, but it's still kind of band oriented. But this album that we're working on right now is all stuff that I recorded in my room on my computer. Um, goofing around and like, you're using those actual recordings um no we're going to a studio we were using the demos as kind of a basis for stuff so some of the stuff will stick in there yeah. but um you know we're, we're we're trying to focus we're trying to make guitar not the main focus of the record mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. if there you know like there's one tune that we have that there was a finger picking part and we just turned it to um to a synthesizer part and then we'll add guitars later we're still very early on in the process right now Hmm. Um, but it's going slowly and it's kind of the way that we're recording it is me and ben will go in with eric tate at slash o who's recording it with us he's our producer um we'll record our parts maybe we'll bring a drummer in and then the idea is to just send it out to to whoever we want to record on it and have them kind of build what they think would be awesome on it and then we pick from the best parts um so yeah it's been it's been a lot of like just tinkering in my room uh and then you know it's just interesting the songs that we're choosing i think maybe uh there maybe there was an americana record written three years ago i have like i have a list of the album two songs on my wall Mm -hmm. and you know, we're maybe working on yeah. two of two of the nine on the list. Hmm. Um, so, hmm. so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. It's it's still I mean, there's still gonna be guitars and stuff, and and uh, we'll put that on there. But we want to make it not the main focus. So the one of the things that I love from from Once a Giant and the Great Lakes album are the uh, the vocal harmony uh, and the second the second female vocalist. So some of those those parts are 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 transcendent. And I'm wondering oh, yeah. if that's going to be a feature on the uh, the new album as well. 
So Tex moved, Tex and Scott moved to Nashville. Mm-hmm. So they're no longer with us. Scott's the drummer and Texana was the, the singer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Andrew, our bassist, is no longer with us either. It's just me and Ben at the moment. Yeah. Um, so harmonies will always be an important part of every song I, I make, I think. Yeah. Uh, it just may be a guy, maybe a lady. It's just going to be, I think this next record is going to be very uh, more community and less band. So it's going to be lots of different people coming in. Mm-hmm. So it could be, um, I know there's one song we're talking about potentially doing as a duet. Uh, so that, so there could be a, a guy, a girl, even more, even more than, than on Great Lakes. Yeah. Cause we didn't have a duet on there. Yeah. That'd be nice. Um, I love, uh, I love trouble, uh, for, uh, for, for, uh, for vocal harmonies. Oh, thanks. Yeah. It's a great tune. And I love, uh, off the once a giant, the tune one. Oh Yeah. Um, I, yeah, that was that was the first song that Tex sang with us, actually. Really, that you know, I was listening to that song and I I had a revelation. I've been uh, trying to to finish a song I'm writing recently, and I'm having like this impossible time with uh, the chorus and just getting. The, I know how how I want it to sound, I know the melody, but I can't figure out the the words to stick in there, and so I just like hum it every time. And then I listened to one where the chorus is essentially just you guys, this vocalese melody that you it's just a wordless I was, chorus. I was like, I was, oh, it's not at all though. It's very, I, I think it's very effective. I was like, why, why do I need to have words here? Why can't I just have like the voice be a, be an instrument, particularly yeah. if you have a beautiful harmony like that. And like, it's a, it's a really, it's a nice device. Uh, for Absolutely. I used to do that a lot. I haven't done that in a long time. I used to make Aaron, a lot I think of, he said wordless, of. not worthless. Wordless, yeah, wordless. Oh, all right, wordless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> worthless chorus. <laughs> Word, yeah, I think it was the same thing. I just, I didn't have. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that was kind of like a hip thing to do in like 2013 to have wordless, wordless <laughs> chorus. I mean, I know that My Morning Jacket has that song, wordless chorus. Um, I definitely in 2013, yeah, I, think, I definitely wasn't hip. <laughs> I, so, I, I definitely wasn't hip. Yeah, I'd be a bad judge. Of, of, I mean, I'm still not hip. <laughs> it's a good thing we are now. Well, you're late. Every, all of us. You'll get there. You'll get there. <laughs> I'll be hip at fifty. church that's closed for the night You keep me wrapped You keep me dangling Oh Just for the sight Sprawl cross sheet 
Yeah, I scroll your name I bend to the foot of my door It's sunrise for the breeze to walk through In hopes that I wake next to you listening to the the tunes i think it's great and i i i'm i'm happy to hear that uh, you have this kind of novel community oriented approach that uh, invites weirdness and experimentation i'm looking forward to the next uh uh incarnation of king cardinal yeah i'm excited to get out there hopefully people um people don't get hopefully people don't get too weirded out about it it sounds like it'll be a next step in the evolution you know and maybe one that makes sense given the ones that have come before it I hope so. Um, I mean, it's still still songs. Still, I'm still singing. You know, it's just it's just gonna be dressed up different. Yeah, and that's that that uh, that fits in with the whole uh, craft brew music uh, mission uh, to pick music that is at its core good, solid songwriting, but also is not afraid to uh, you know go into uncharted territory and be a little weird and cater to that uh, that more adventurous listener. Yeah, I love it. Well, thanks, Brennan. We really appreciate you taking the time to do this, and uh, can't wait for the uh, to hear some more music. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'll send you that uh, that that new tune once we hop off here. Oh, that'd be great. It's, a, it's our it's our first real rock song. for listening. Craft Brewed Music, both the podcast and the streaming service, has the mission of promoting this music and these artists. We can't do that without ears on the music. So if you like what you've heard here, we're going to ask two small favors. First, tell someone about the podcast. Secondly, go to the App Store or Google Play, download the Craft Brewed Music app, and try a free two-week trial of the streaming service. For more information, visit us at craftbrewedmusic.com. Thanks again, and see you next time.